This is the Big Church Podcast. We believe that people of all ages and races can belong. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you are loved and wanted. This is the example that Jesus set, and we won't quit until everyone, everywhere, knows that you are made to belong. We will grow together in the truth of God's love, believing that He has good for us. We believe everyone has a purpose, and no one is too young or too old to join Jesus in bringing life to this world. We are better together. This is the Big Church Podcast. Well, many of us think that we've loved when it's hard. But I'm going to tell you a a different love story today that is really loving when it's hard. In Hosea chapter 1 verse 2, it says, When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute. Well, all the religious folks have already lost their mind right now. Do what? Go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. You see, Hosea was a prophet, a man of God. And God told him, can I remind you that he was a man of God, but God told him to go marry a prostitute and to have children with this prostitute and that there would be other children born out of wedlock from her prostitution. And guess what he did? He did it. Like, what if Pastor Rich left me today? I am not prophesying that by, by any means of the word. But what if he left me and he went down to PT's downtown and picked up a stripper and he said to the congregation, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> what would you think about Pastor Rich? So I wonder what the people were thinking about this man of God because he was being obedient to what God said. Not only did he marry her, you guys, but they had three kids together. He chose to love Gomer, but he didn't just choose to love her. He really loved her. With love, sometimes God asks us to do hard things. With love, sometimes God asks us to love people that by their actions are not lovable. Sometimes God asks us to do things that we really don't want to do. Let's fast forward a little bit in the story, and I'm not going to read all of the scripture. And I say this a lot when I preach. I don't want you to take the way that God spoke this message to me as the gospel. I want you to go home, write these scriptures down, and you go play it out with the Lord, reading the word, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because revelation comes from him, not from me. That's how you get off the milk. And on the meat. That's how you don't have to come to church on a Sunday morning and say, feed me, pasta. This place isn't deep enough. Take it home and do something with it. But can you imagine? We're going to fast forward. When Hosea and Gomer's married life seemed to be going great. Everything was good. Until 
she got drawn back to her old lifestyle. And isn't that what the enemy does? Just as God hooks us and draws us, the enemy hooks us and draws us as well. And she started getting reeled back into that old lifestyle. So one day, Hosea wakes up the next morning and his ex-prostitute wife had gone back to her old lifestyle and left him with the kids. You know what I'm talking about? The children? That's what he did. He said, uh-uh, peace out. I'm going. She said, peace out. I'm going back to that old way. But we're Gomer. You're Gomer? I'm Gomer. We leave in the middle of conversations. We leave in the middle of relationships. We leave in the middle of marriages. We leave in the middle of so many things. We go back to our addictions. We go back to our sinful desires. We go back to the gossip. Oh, God, deliver me. I'm not going to talk about people anymore. And bam, I remember when I would come to an altar and I'd say, no more, God, I don't want this in my life anymore. And I would surrender it to him. And before the end of the day, I was back where I was at because I didn't let the word penetrate my heart to change my life. We have got to get to the point where we allow the word to trample all over us and not get mad at the messenger, but take the message so it can change our lives. Hosea 3.1 says this, Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover, this will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. Now, that is loving when it's hard. Would you go find your spouse, go find a friend who just betrayed you and stabbed you in the back? Would you go find them? I don't know that I would. Human love is fickle. Would you agree? Human love is fickle. Let me define that just in case, because I was talking, saying this the other day, and I I just want to make sure you understand what fickle means. It's defined as changing frequently, especially in regards to one's loyalties, interests, or affections. Now, I'm not going to talk about relationship in this because I know I'll step on everybody's toes in that. I'll just let the Holy Spirit do that. But I know so many bandwagon fans for teams. Like, I mean, my gosh, all that Louisville's gone through. Uh, okay, I'm just going to be for UK now because <laughs> that's a lot of mess. No, but people do it all the time. You can't do that if you're a real fan. But people do it all the time. That is what defines fickle. Oh, I'm your friend today, but I'm going to backstab you tomorrow. Oh, I love you today, but oh, I've got my eye on the guy down the street. Fickle. We're fickle human beings. But God's love is unconditional. And it's constant. And he never takes it away. Sometimes he lets us go for a while, but he loves us the same. Let me read to you a little bit about God's love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love 
others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor. Lost my place. And even sacrifice my body. I could boast about it. Come on, somebody. That has nothing to do with we're doing it for the Lord. We're doing it so that we can get accolades. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Here's what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Okay. And it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, sounds so good, doesn't it? Oh, love. But can you put your name, every sentence where it says love? Rich is patient and kind. Chelsea is not jealous, boastful, or proud, or rude. Kagan does not demand his own way. (laughs) That one is funny. I love how that played out. (laughs) Carolina is not irritable. She keeps no records of wrong, of being done wrong. Justin does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Matthew never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Can you put your name there? Can you put your name there? Listen, people are going to tell you, I love 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 you. Clearly, I love you. Oh, let's get married two months later. Um, I love you. But guys, love is a verb. We can say it and say it and say it and say it and say it, but if you don't act it, I don't believe it. If you're going to tell me, would you show me? Don't tell me if you're not going to show me. Don't tell me to my face and do something behind my back, especially in this church because it always gets back to me. So anyway, I I love that you love me. So uh, anyway. But love is a verb. In Hosea 3.1, God looked down and he told Hosea, go find your wife. He didn't tell her to tell her he loved her. He said, go show her you love her and go get her. God demonstrated to the world what love is in John 3.16 when he said, God so loved y'all. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that if we believe we can have everlasting life, we can live in eternity with God. Now, I want to paint a picture because that was real love. So let me paint the picture of Hosea looking for Gomer. Hosea was walking through the crowds of men in the brothels, 
looking for his wife who had chosen to sell herself to other men. And he stumbled on this slavery block and he looked up on it and there stood Gomer. So, he had to take a second look because she was beat up, she was bruised, she was battered, and he told the owner, owner, that's my wife. And the owner didn't care. He said, oh, no, she belongs to me now. And he humbly said, how much do I have to pay you? Because I want her back. Verse 2 said, so I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver, five bushels of barley, and a measure of wine. Then I said to her, said to Gomer, now listen, wife, you must live in my house for many days and stop your prostitution. During this time, we will not have sexual relationship, relations you will not have sexual relations with anyone and not even me. He loved her so much that he bought her back and said, I'm not going to treat you the way the other men were treating you. I'm going to love you and I'm going to honor you and I'm going to respect you. Now let's equate that to Jesus. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was battered and he was sold. He paid the ultimate price. Hosea bought his wife back, but Jesus paid the ultimate price with his life so that you could live in freedom, so that you could have eternal life. He did it in spite of our bad attitude. He did it even though we're selfish and we want our own way. He did it even though he knew every sin we would ever commit. He did it because he saw that you and I were worth it. How much would you pay to buy somebody else back? For the ones that say they love you. Love's going to cost you something. And like I said at the beginning, we're all Gomer in our own way. There's not one of us sitting in this place that can say, oh, you know, I'm just Hosea. I just love, love, love. Nope. Guilty, 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 guilty. We fail. We have caused so much pain to other, others, but more importantly, we've caused so much pain to God's heart. We are messy. Would you all agree we're messy? Our lives are messy. Our marriages are, less, are messy. Our friendships are messy. And guys, I just want to tell you this church is messy because we got people in it. And so things are not going to be perfect. But God still thinks we're worth it. God still says, hey, big church, you're messy, but I love you. I'm rooting for you. You keep following the vision, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep supplying everything that you need according to my riches and glory. Hey, Kagan. Oh, I don't want to pick on you again. Hey, Maya, you're messy, but, and I know everything that you did last night, last week, last year, last day, but I love you. You are worth it so much to me. I want you for the rest of your life. That's what God says, because this is real love. First John chapter four, verses 10 and 11. This is real love 
Not that we've loved God because we're messy and we flippantly say love, love, love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely, surely, everybody say surely, ought to love each other. If God loved us that much, we surely should love one another. We should go to bat for one another. We should be knowing that we're in this together. That's what this church is all about. I'm just going to put it out there. If you don't want to be about that, there's a church down the street. There's a church across there. That's what we're about. We love people. If Jesus is our message, people are going to be our purpose. Love is the answer. And I just want you to know that's real love. Doing whatever it takes short of sin to let more people like Gomer know it's okay. You can belong before you behave. You can belong before you even believe in Jesus. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. I don't care what you did last night. Keep coming back. Because in a service where the Holy Spirit is this thick, he's going to grab a heart. He's going to deposit a seed. He's going to shine light on a seed. He's going to water a seed. And it's not up to us. It's up to him. He'll do it. Well, you look at the illustration on the back of the screen. And on the left, that's how we see sin. We see gossip as this big, but adultery this big. We see division as, oh, well, it's kind of bad. But we see murder as, oh, my gosh. We see, oh, you know what? I would rather buy Starbucks than give to the church. Oh, you know what? I would rather sleep in instead of serve when we go to two service. Oh, you know what? I don't, I wanna, I, I don't know that I want to love my neighbor as I love myself. You know what? I don't want to pick up my cross because I've got other things to do. Idols are this big and stealing medium. But God sees sin as a bird's eye view. And he said, baby, I love you as much as the murderer. I love you as much as the thief. I love you as much as the person that gives a little white lie. I love you. Any relationship, you guys, you have to choose to love. And love is not always easy. God is saying to you today, I know what you've done. I know what you're going to do. But I want to buy you back from all the past. I want to buy you back from what you're going through right now. And baby, if you will just let me buy you back right now, you ain't going to have to go through that stuff in the future. With love, God says you are loved. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. And you are chosen. Will you imagine with me for just a moment, with love, Jesus was tied to a post and whipped with a cat of nine tails till his skin was shreds, just like ugh, a mess. And with every lash, 
it went deeper. With every lash, he bled and hurt more. Then he got, they got him up, and they said, Jesus, they probably didn't call him Jesus. They probably called him a different name. And they, he said, you carry this cross up the hill to Golgotha. And they nailed his hands. That's not how they crucified, but that's how they crucified Jesus. They nailed his hands with a big spike to the cross. And they nailed his feet. And they took a crown of thorns and pushed it into his head. And then Jesus' response where we would get bitter and we would get vindictive, he said, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's what God is saying. That's what Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, and he's saying to God, God, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing right now. God, forgive them. I see gold in them. God, today we come to you. Jesus, you change everything. We thank you, Lord, that your love is unconditional. And we repent of any way that we allow our love to be fickle to you, fickle to others. God, change us. We love you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Big Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at MyBigChurch and on the web at MyBigChurch.com. If you live in the Louisville area and you don't have a church you call home, we would love for you to be our guest during one of our Sunday services at 945 or 1130 a.m. Please join us again next time for an exciting message from one of our pastors on the Big Church Podcast. 